0: Welcome to the Mindful Runner podcast, a show about running and racing, trail and ultra in South Africa. Along the way, we'll be talking training, gear, nutrition and mindfulness, all in the context of the South African racing scene. I'm your host, Fred Richardson, founder and head coach at Mindful Runner. Stay tuned as I do my best to give you all the information and none of the waffle. In this episode, I talk with Amon Duplessis on his solo run on the DGT. So, in effect, there are only really two of you who've done the solo, and it's a, it's quite a challenge, I think, solo. So, don't you want to talk me through? Tell me the story of when you did it. Yeah, dude, um, yeah.
1: I mean, just 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 play, like just start and say like like thank for um, you know like digging into the history. I think that was always the, the risk of taking something that's so so iconic. You know, like that overnight image. I've started, and then in, in layering a race on that, you always like, you know, like I think it's it's, it's a risk of turning it into something that, like I think the way sp- like like Spurge and, and 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 Tweet have gone about it, like like speaking to to the open and getting getting their blessing, I think just adds like a like it's, it's a great way of, of approaching things. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Should I tell you about but but my
0: my 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 attempt about <laughs> you about yeah about your successful attempt? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. So I think the um, well, this, this, the, it wasn't like I'm probably the
1: worst person to to ask about the DGT because I'm like really bad at at, at at planning things. The attempt started like I think uh, about two weeks before before I actually 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 got there. Ilia and my better half uh, was going up for a race called Sonny Stagger, actually a race from Spurge. And I've been looking to go back to the DGT. I have, I've I've attempted it in the past. Did it with Simon uh, Marinkovitz and Stefan Wahl in 2017. But I went down at at. Um, Giant's Castle. I had actually had work to do, and I was also battling with altitudes. So I dropped out there, which is a, a completely different story on its on its own, it involved hiking to escort and trying to get a replacement license for bleeding nose and and, and things like that. But just uh, a story for for, for another day. Yeah. So this was. I've always been like since that failed attempt. I've been keen to go back to the DGT. Uh, my, a good friend of mine, uh, Luke Steens, everyone's our Docs, I've also done it, and and you know everyone else. Love, I love the Dragonsburg, so I was really keen to go back. So when Elian said she's going up for Sani Stagger, I'm like, okay, cool. There's someone who can pick me up at the at the finish if I, if I make it to Bush Neck. Better start getting my stuff stuffed together and then figuring out transport. So that
0: was that was about yeah, a week and a half before I went there. Um I just want to get it clear. You just made the decision like ten days before you made the attempt that you were gonna
1: Yeah, do it was It's like, like I'm the worst person to ask about about this. I mean, you know how it goes. Like we are we, like like I'm not I'm not I'm not unfamiliar with the route. So we're child and we're not unfamiliar with distance. Um on paper it seemed possible got here i didn't have i had a, had a backup i had a reserve pack but i also uh, in, in that, that week then tried to shop around for a new a new pack so this is sort of like how things came together and i phoned got hold of it the, the one remaining Solomon Peak SLAB Peak pack that I, that I really wanted and i was available at the airport in uh, Adam uh, the mall there the Solomon store so I flew via Schlanger, went to go and pick up the pack. This is like, uh, went to buy buy supplies, I had to find a rental car at like last minute to drive to Addie Smith, where I could stay the night with friends. But then also like Addie Smith is not the easiest place to leave a, a rental car. So I had to find a rental agency that would allow me to leave a car over there somewhere. Uh, there was a lot a lot, a lot, of like interesting logistical challenges, which is something that's, you know, like I think inherent to something like, like the DGT. It, it comes with a lot of like it's got it's got it's got its own challenges outside of the challenge itself, like logistics. Uh, you you realize how far Sentinel is from, from Bushman's neck? It's, it's, it's a, there's, there's a there's a there's a lot of lot of things to sort out. So but now I had I had sort of like moving parts in place. I could get to Harry Smith. From Harry Smith, I could get a lift of friends, and from there I could, could start the BGT. And I know that Elian could after Sonny Stagger, pick me up at Bushman's neck. So the 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 big picture plan was 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 in place. <laughs> Got the supplies together. Had Frida and Nick drive me to to the start. The Sentinel also like not not ideal start because like a little bit late late morning. I had to work around around the schedule, and then yeah, I started like put, took out my poles, ready to ready to go, and my poles had rusted shut. So and I'm like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so um, luckily Nick had a had a knife there, so could unstuck the, the poles, and then finally my DGT was underway. Uh, so <laughs> it took a, took a bit of a, a bit of bit of doing to, to get there. Um, yeah, I went up uh, the, like more like Mont- Montauk sources, um, and then really like got started. Like once you're up there and it's you know you, you, it's it's quiet, and then then you start enjoying it because it's a it's a big adventure. And also like really quickly realized how much the altitude is going to be a, 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 a problem i you like the sort of the the, the highlights. So, so my, yes. my plan was was not not to not to sleep to push through. That very quickly got uh, got skewed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was uh, halfway through day one when when the first storm rolled in. So that was that was actually the other thing that happened. So there was a, a, a storm that came in, and you know in Drakensberg, the weather changes extremely quickly. So yes, so I was like like quickly had all my all my heavy gear on, and as quickly as it came, the wind like uh, like the rain disappeared again. Took off my like wear gear, continued running, and then the storm came in again. So it was the first storm early evening at first night. So I was, I was planning not to sleep, but like at, at some point, I think it was from the altitude, I just just basically almost collapsed on the on the trail and then took took a took my first sleep of um of, of many more than, than was 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 planned right there on the trail. Work woke up from my hand. Being quite sore from the, the the grips of the of the of the poles, um got got going again, got to Mafadi. It, it was I got to at night time. It was like a lot, lots of lots of rain, little visibility. Um there was and I was I was really battling, through like from, from the altitude. So it was um coming coming from from sea level. My yeah. lungs was not uh, used to it. So managed to tag the tag the peak there. And um, I tried to just find a place to like to, to shelter. And I found a little place out of the rain, um, just to the side of of, of my party. And I think I slept there for about an hour, but now I realized that I had to get lower. As soon as I dropped below three thousand meters, the, 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 the altitude was was okay. Yeah. Got myself up again, continued down, a little bit down that pass is, is um you you dropped out you dropped down quite quickly. And then I could sleep a bit at at lower altitude, re- re- recover a bit. Yeah, and then from there, from there it was again like 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 it was it, such such an I can understand why Andrew Porter and the guy spend so much time there. It's absolutely magical. So from there, it's just it's special. Like I was just on my own fucking off, but um but happy. That's why we go there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, until yeah, running out of water. That was a there was a where was, it? That was a big issue. I had I had beetroot juice. Um at one point I only had like a little bit of beetroot juice left, which is not the nicest thing if you are really, really thirsty. Yeah. Some sticky beetroot juice. That was the other thing I remember from the other thing is like, like with sleep deprivation, you don't always remember that much.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I was saying to somebody else earlier, it almost feels like you need to start like an AA for people who've done the DGT because yeah. almost everybody when I when I ask them for the account, it's like lots of rolling green hills and lots of passes <laughs> and lots of long valleys. That's that's all I remember. Seems to be the common description. It's like PTSD, yeah. you know. PTSD, proper, proper. yeah, yeah.
1: Lots of, lots of green valleys, lots of yeah, ups and downs. And then also, I mean, just spectacular views like from the, from the edge of the escarpment. I mean, that yeah. is absolutely ma- magic. Yeah, it, like the next, I think really special moment came for me just before um, Tabana. I was on my way to Tabana. I was like, like a cool, you know, sort of... Oh no, before before that, I actually lost my GPS. I lost, I'm, I'm running a in reach. So at some point I was, I dropped my, dropped, dropped the GPS unit. I realized it probably about 100, 200 meters on that i dropped this thing and i i mean i i can i can sort of navigate but updates it's 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 definitely worth <laughs> having a having a gps so yeah then in my in my in my state i put my back down and started walking back to go and find a gps and the next thing i know now I've, I've lost my gps and i've lost all my food I... so I'm like shit okay no so, you know get yourself get yourself together this is you know, now you 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 really effed up. <laughs> this is not and not the place we we want to do that. So um I had a little, I had a sense to build myself a little little kern just so I know where I'm now so I don't get lost more than I'm now like in between yeah. finding my finding my GPS and getting back to my food. Because that would have been proper disaster. <laughs> but then I like did like a little, little bit of a, a grid search, found the found the in-reach again, could make my way way back to my, my kern, found my pack again. <laughs> um promised myself not to not to do that again and wow. F- things things go south very quickly that that could have turned that could have gone gone very very wrong yeah um i could have still been wandering up up there in my <laughs> my city blanket and a, and a hat probably looking after some and some white sheets
0: yeah
1: yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so, 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 so. yeah then continue on got to um just before tabana then like so, it was also also at night a massive storm storm rolling in um Big lightning lightning clouds and it looked so ominous um luckily i found a little uh like shepherd's hut and i was so i, I went into the shepherd's hut looked looked um deserted uh, put my pack down and um decided to to wait out the storm to take, take a nap um i'd just fallen asleep when the the um the shepherds came back. I felt like uh, was it like Goldilocks or like yes. he was sleeping in a in bear's bed? And that for me was one of like de- oh, was definitely the highlight of my of my DGT. The, the the four of us sitting in the in the in the hut, me playing them some I think it was Andre Rue, Ru, um like a lonely shepherd song on my phone, <laughs> them them singing uh, singing some of their music, their songs oh, wow. to 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 me. It was absolutely, absolutely magical. And in the middle of, of, of all of this, um, because we like, we, we had, was a bit of a language barrier. So we like sort of communicated yeah. via hand signals and, um, me showing them photos of Eliane and then showing it, they also had a phone showing photos of, of, of their normal life back, back home when they're not in, in, the, in the mountains. Um, in the middle of all of this, there was a, a bird that just came loose in the, in the hut and just started flying around. It was just complete chaos. It's completely bizarre situation. <laughs> Absolutely special and
0: something that'll stay with me for for a long, long time. Yeah, but yeah so, they left. No, it's just so far away from normal existence, right? That everything just shifts with something like that. Yeah, so then I, I slept a few hours more.
1: um The storm storm went over. Got my things together again and continued the 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 the, the trek. Got to Tabana. Um, you know Tabana very well, obviously. I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> much much better conditions than than when you are normally up there. And then at first I didn't actually recognize the banner. I just went straight over to the next, uh, the next little peak. And I was like, oh shit, that was actually the banner. Went back. It was like a call. I did tag it and then continued down. Got to, at this point I was like, it was taking way longer than I anticipated. We're going to miss our flights. I was, um, you know, Eliane's going to have to rebook her flights. We had just started dating and I'm going to tell my girlfriend that, you know, she needs to move her flights out. whole bunch of like, like things going through your head. And um, I'm just didn't have it. I was just, feeling like I was just all I want to do is is get to Sunny Pass Road, turn left, go to go down the pass, go to the um the Sunny Pass Hotel, get a beer, sit next to the pool, and me and Elian can just chill there for the rest of the day. And I would have done a normal it wouldn't be the Grand Traverse, it would be a, a traverse and I'd be happy and ice cold beer and it'd just be fantastic. But Elian sent me a sent me a message on the um on on the garment when I when I told her about my my, my my plan, I think I think she said something like you know, in two weeks, you know, would you look back and would you, you know, what what would you have would have, have done? Would you have continued or would you be happy that you that you turned left there? So like, okay, let's uh, yeah, cross that that sunny pass road. Um, wow, I got there, and it was also my first proper food in a while. Um, I, I was so just just back on the message. I was, I was so so thankful for for that. It just sort of like sets your changes your your mind and gave me like the incentive to 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 continue really make you think you know what 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 would I think in two weeks time if I, if I turned left yeah but it also like yeah it was it was it was mentally tough to 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 go on um, from there I was I was really beyond exhausted and, and it's 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 still a long way even though you've you've tagged you've tagged all the peaks it's still a it's still a, a hell of a long way I stopped at the ladies there by the uh, just at the Prasani pass and they gave me some like of their homemade bread and that was yeah one of the nicest things I've I've faced in the <laughs> How many hours that was but it was it was absolutely incredible incidentally went went back a few months later um and and saw the same lady again there like very different circumstances but she remembered me so which was which was nice and then i think the last part you know you sort of think that you, you you're done when you get to to Isikatulu pass and um and it's downhill um it's that last section was for, for me by by far one of the, the toughest toughest periods of, of running or, or, or any sort of, of movement for me. Yeah, like I thought I was was, was close and, and I I think we might still make the morning flight. And then that went out the door and you, you know, like you sort of trying to push as hard as you can, but it's also it's night and it's, there's no visibility and you're not, there's no, there's no trails. Um you like you take take wrong turns and suddenly you 50 meters down from where you should be and then climbing back up 50 meters up a little gully at altitude is just so hard and and it you know you almost become like I always became like a little bit desperate there. It's Like, fuck! Like I just want to get get off this now. Like, this is yeah. I am now now. This is this is getting this is really getting hard. Well, it was hard. It was it was really getting getting tough. And I got to the top of Bushman's Neck to um, I think it's the, the Marty boss. And I think I blocked that out of my in my head. The, the, the right name. Something that did help there was the sun came up, and it's always like with beautiful sunrise, and with with a sunrise comes new hope. I was like, this is just incredible. So I started, started going down the path. Uh, the new hope only lasted for so long. it, it got me <laughs> down the path. and <laughs> I was just so, I was so far beyond exhausted and I was just hallucinating left and right and just seeing things. And I really had no more idea what was like, what really was, was real there. And i like, I knew this. I like, I knew I was, my, my watch had died. My, my, the in reach was dead. I no longer knew if I was even on the right path. I, 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 I didn't care anymore. I was just, I'm just going to walk. Like if this takes me to Bushman's neck, that's great. If it takes me somewhere else, that's great. I actually didn't, didn't, didn't care. All I knew that hopefully Julian was down there or like someone could find me. I was just going to continue. Like, like my brain was so, was I like, I just had no, no idea where I was. I was hoping that it's the right pass, but it yeah. like, I really, like, wasn't, wasn't too sure. I managed to make a phone call to Julian at some point, And she tried to explain to me where she was, but I, like it just made no sense in my head. Continued walking down, which which there's like there was a a, a bit of a trail, continued on the trail. And then um Elena somehow managed to cross the border into lesotho and it walked up a kilometer or so up the up the trail. And that felt like like a hallucination, I was like another hallucination. Like, you know, there she is on the on the on the trail.
0: Yeah.
1: And I can see, and then I sort of like realized, oh fuck, well, like I actually made it to the to the, <laughs> to the to the to the to the finish. Managed to break out in a in a little bit of a of a of a trot. After giving giving her like a very very smelly smelly hug, <laughs> um, haven't like bathed or brushed my teeth. Well, I did actually brush my teeth for for many many hours. Um, Petri juice and sleeping in huts and on the ground and bleeding noses and um, uh, it was not I was not a not a not a pretty sight. But yeah, but absolutely satisfied, happy. Like I think it took a while to sink in and also to, to to properly process but yeah. yeah getting like getting to bushman's neck and touching that that fence was you know i've heard people speak about it and and like like i've always wanted to to do that and and do do that to my my own my own time and, and 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 base and it was just an absolutely incredible feeling that's um, amazing
0: yeah and it must take you weeks to process
1: that's that's it like it took a yeah it, it took a while to to sink in so like it's definitely one of my my life like my definitely one of my my like moments i always cherish
0: Yeah. wow it's so cool hearing these stories so what gear do you carry when we look at compulsory gear for most of these race events is that all you're carrying do you carry minimal do you carry additional gear I carried quite a light, light light pack. I had that uh, the Solomon
1: the SLAB um, like SLAB peak pack, twenty liter twenty liter pack. Emergency bivy, a lot a lot of, lot of lot of like weather weather gear. Quite quite a lot of food, obviously definitely not not enough not enough water. Given given the like I, I was expecting a bit more water in the streams. But probably very similar to hundred mile gear, but with a, like a slightly bigger pack. You're getting more 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 nutrition. Food wise, what were you eating? Yeah, lots and lots and lots of gels. Uh, I find I find on longer runs, um, something that really works for me. I, I can my my stomach can only really digest for long long periods of time like jowls and, and broths. But I also packed a whole bunch of Snickers, uh, even a few Red Bulls. But the, like the Snickers, I, f- I thought I would like, I would enjoy eating. I ended up giving most of most of that to, to shepherds. I had some um, uh, some Future Life for breakfast, uh, little little sachets you can mix mix with water, and then some freeze dried meals. Okay. So, like a mix mix of of like like mile gear and more more traditional trekking trekking food, um, yeah. but yeah, and then then like some some salt tablets. But I'm, I'm I'm definitely like I find I find like for 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 longer and um, if, as long as I have one or two core cool meals, like um, I can run I can go for for a fairly long time on the on the on, on the gels. I was also like quite, quite and, and then I had a bottle of beetroot juice.
0: Was that too, that so, beetroot juice was to overcome the altitude?
1: To, to overcome the altitude or or so, yeah. or, or, or so
0: I said, That's yeah, definitely. <laughs> I
1: never want to see beetroot
0: juice in my life again.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is science supporting the beetroot juice. Though, so, it's, it's, but you have to carry a lot of beetroot juice. I think
1: I, I was I was drinking beetroot juice by the liters
0: before in the in the week running up to the to the BGT. I
1: was forcing it down as, as a last <laughs> attempt to to cheat the altitude. And yeah, yeah, I'm 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 sure there's science in it. And, and and like like I'd probably be in a much worse state if if I didn't drink it. But flipping hell, it was vile.
0: You'll never know <laughs> I, now. <laughs> I've had my lifetime, lifetime share. I mean, obviously when you're running solo, you're solo. So there's no one else to depend on from a safety point of view. But do you think it's it's easier running on your own because you can set your own pace or are there more advantages in a group? I, I, I think there's advantages and disadvantages. for, for me, I,
1: I think running on, on my on my own means I can I can lean on on, on my own strengths. So if, if if I'm you know perhaps feeling feeling stronger, pushing harder on a on a on a downhill. Um, I can, I can, I can do that, but also you have to, you know, like where it's nice to, to run with with, with, with a, a, a team member or a partner would be, you know, like if you're getting, hitting these really low lows, um, having someone like in a, in a race format, I think having someone to to push you or or, or, or pull you in those, those dark times, push or pull someone else hmm. does help for these sort of expeditions, uh, like for the DGT, not not in a, in a, in a race, I quite enjoy spending time alone in the mountains than if you um, like um, mountain more, more, more racist partners and always find it like a little bit, like I do prefer, prefer doing it on my own. Racing um, your own yeah. Quite a spiritual, quite a nice feeling being up, up there alone and, and just getting to connect with yourself. I think
0: these these big events kind of allow you to meet yourself in dark places. Don't yeah, you really? really Yeah. And I think possibly. So obviously the mental side of things is, difficult on an event like this and like staying mentally focused enough to finish the event that's got to be a challenge how do you keep going
1: even when it's when it gets dark it'll 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 get better again and secondly also like the more the, the, the practical side of things you can't really stay there you have to you have to get yourself out of it <laughs> and it's it's also i mean it, it is you're up there for a reason you want to you want to test yourself you want to you want to you want to push yourself and see what the what the limits are and i think that that sort of drives you it's, it's you know like it's up there for a reason you not do want to want to want to want to see if you if you you can make it so like i think it does push your mind and sort of pushes the limits that you think you've had for yourself and like pushes pushes that boundaries a little bit further a little bit further yeah no no i I think it's just trying to push yourself and seeing seeing how far you can go
0: and that's one of those really strong characteristics of resilient people is the fact that you know you've put yourself there you've put yourself there because you want to test yourself there's no point now when it starts to become testing to go, no, no, I don't want to be here anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're there to be tested. And now the test is happening. It's like, get into it.
1: I, I put myself here. Yeah. No, no, it's going to come in, coming out. Yeah, no, exactly. Fred. Like it's, it's, we, 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 we're, not, we're not doing this against our will. It's, it's a position you put yourself in. To...
0: Yeah. Do so you think that as a soloist, do you have to be more cautious? Or do you even uh, consider that when you're going?
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I, I do. I, I think you do take more more precautions. And on the flip side, I think you're also willing to take take a lot more risk. Like I think I think if you just have to think think about yourself, there's not someone to talk you out of a bad decision.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, like <laughs> um, I do think you can push yourself. Further on, on your own, without without the potential voice of voice. I like I think you also know your own, own own boundaries better than than someone else. Well, th- this, this this goes both ways. Someone might push you further than then then you should should be going, and I do think you take a little bit more risks. You go solo, but you also think it's it, it comes as part of the, the, the decision you make.
0: Um, yeah, the race is pairs. Yeah, would you consider racing with a romantic partner?
1: Yeah, I would. I would. I, I, I think it can be quite a quite a special journey together. But also, if you make it through that, I think your relationship will be will be yeah.
0: really, really strong. <laughs> yeah, I think that you definitely would be very strong after something like that.
1: Yeah, I, I I would. I think it would be a very special experience. How much sleep did you get in? I had a decent amount of sleep. Like I said, that wasn't my my, my plan, but how it worked out the, the, the first night, basically, I think just the shock of the altitude and everything, seven hours sleep. And then the night on the barna, also about you know, four or five hours sleep. 15 hours sleep i I'd have, okay. i have a lot of sleep compared to like like i think the way you do it on a, on, a, on a race i definitely want to i definitely want to go back and be a little bit more climatized and a little bit more prepared and and yeah. i would definitely sleep less but yeah i had a luxury not luxurious amount of sleep <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean i think in south africa you've got to be the most experienced runner mountain runner around you've raced all over the world you've raced in patagonia you've raced in just about every continent and on every mountain range in the in the world but you're always picking these mountainous ultra events what advice would you give given all that experience to people who are coming in guys who are considering doing the dgt For the dgt specifically
1: I, i would say um like definitely don't underestimate the altitude especially coming from from sea level it's affected me quite harshly and I, like i think a lot of other people that, that go there and run, run above three thousand meters do spend time acclimatizing on the dg2 route know spend time in the mountains be be comfortable with yourself for many many hours alone know the route know what you what you're letting yourself into know where you know where the where the exit points are know where the caves are Know where the exit routes are. Don't just think because it's a it's a race, you can just follow a GPS and, and it's 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 not like that up there. You might have a GPS, but you'd still it's still completely off trail. And the, the, the other thing I was also not, like just mentioned there, it, it gives you a big appreciation for the people that set the set the route. Like I, I look at I think most of the route I used was was the one that Reino um, um worked on uh with with Ryan. And you you can see the the amount of time and effort that they put in to Optimizing that route. If you spend time up there and you, you you look at the 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 paths they've taken and you know I'm a, I seem to say the same as for, for Andrew Porter. You know, like really these guys have put in a lot of a lot of time. So going through the race, do do a little bit of homework as well. You know, you're usually standing on the shoulders of of, of giants there if they're lifting routes, but but also, you know, don't don't go don't go don't go blind. But yeah, just yeah, I think be comfortable long times in a mountain, know your know your be be you know, know yourself and an altitude. Again, okay, I'll just Keep on coming back to the altitude thing
0: for, Yeah. for DGT. How would you think that DGT would stack up against something like um, the races in Patagonia and Jean and things like that? Does it have a place in in amongst those?
1: Yeah, no, no, I definitely I definitely think so. I think there's 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 a lot of things that make make makes it like very, very unique. It's it's remoteness. But probably like Patagonia is, is 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 probably a more remote race, but it doesn't have the altitude. So with with, with running through through Lesotho you 've got this this complete sense of apart from the, the, the shepherds there's you're really remote you know you, not it's not a it's not a quick a, a, a quick way out the mountain i think it's a very very special iconic challenge yeah no no i, I definitely think it's, it's got the potential to become quite a nice challenge after, after. i think if people that are just just you know respected enough and, and you know it's, it's not just a a long a long race it's a mm. it's a very special opportunity to run a a, a Run in a very special place, and on a on a on a on a route with a lot of a lot of history. And um, anything you wish you'd known
0: before you had taken on this route, I think I wish I knew that the pack I was wearing was like a medium instead of a small.
1: No, <laughs> 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 yeah. I think it was way. Yeah, it was it was way bigger than. I mean, I guess I it sounds stupid, but I think it's it's way bigger than I expect to be in, in terms of toughness and in your appreciation for for where you are for being privileged be first, to be able to move that long distances such like such a such a great environment i think also like appreciate the shepherds up there um these guys that 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 live up there for many months at a time you know chat to them have a yeah they they, they're super friendly guys looking looking for for uh, you know like always uh also glad to see company up there we're running in such amazing places just take time to also appreciate it but oh. it might be a race but but it's still it's it's not just a race around around Hong Kong
0: or something it's it's like it's it's yes. proper special so other than the the one aid station which is going to be at Sony Pass uh, I think at Sony Top Hotel the conditions are the same as for the FKT but having that aid station there would that change your strategy from a racing point of view?
1: I think it would. I think it changes it not only for like just like the simple logistics in terms of like what you need to to carry, but I think the mental thing of having a, having an aid station just changes because like I think you've got to you are basically running point to point and point to point again. So you've got a you've got a little bit of of, of something to look forward to. Whereas whereas on the on a the, like the, on a the self-supported FKT, it is um, you know there's there's no well there's this only paths right? but there's no real the once once you committed committed you you, you you're in. I do think it changes it. Like it's, it might be more more mentally than than in real in real and like health, having to carry less gear. But but I, I do think it changes the dynamics. And uh, like I think people running it will also get a big big appreciation for guys like Ryan and Rayna and Andrew. That um, you know, like looking at the speeds that they've they've done that thing, like how quickly they they they, they cross that terrain completely unsupported. I think it adds an interesting dynamic.
0: Like I I, I, I do yeah. think that. Current record stands at just over 42 hours. At a guess, what do you think? Do you think that the guys would race it faster than the, than the current record, or is the racing going to change that?
1: I, I think people will be be surprised at you know just how good Ryan and Reno's time is, and and, and 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 Andrew's time. I, I don't think it'll come close to like, close to the, the, the record. I would say it'll just either just sub fifty, yeah, maybe maybe sub fifty, just over fifty. Yeah. You'd also need a a, a team that's got that's that same sort of dynamic. and it, the other thing is I think it's got to be someone that knows that mountains it's like it's not just following a a, a GPS line. I mean those guys spent you know years and like like yeah. like understanding that 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 route. there's there's a lot at play there. it's, it's so so i I don't personally i like I think it'd be you know be really good interesting to see if someone someone comes close. i i i <laughs>
0: You know, if you have perfect weather and a perfect weather window, then maybe they could run yeah. a quick time. But if it's normal Drakensberg, then 60 hours is going to be a good time up there.
1: That said, you might you might have to sit five hours, six hours under a rock. Yeah, be. yeah, probably between 50 and 60. It was also, also, And it'll be, yeah, take a special day. People that know each other,
0: people that that, that, that spend time on the route. Yeah. Um, are, are you planning on racing it?
1: Yeah, I'd be, I'd be keen. I, I mean, I really want to go back. It's it's, it's such a special... Yeah, no, no, I've been itching to go back. The uh, difficulty is like,
0: finding that racing partner, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, be has into interesting experience in a, in, a, in a race format. And, I'll,
0: yeah, we'll be able to get lifts to the, to the start, to the finish. Oh, exactly. <laughs> As you say, it's, it's the logistics <laughs> around the starting and the finishing. That's the mission. It's like, if you bail, how do you arrange for pickup? And where do they pick you up? And... You know, nice. you've got to relay to somebody who doesn't necessarily know that you've got to get to Winnie Cultural Center because I bailed so early. Or No, that was when, when, I, when, I, when I bailed out of our uh, run with, with Simon and, and
1: Stefan. Um, I went down to Giant's Castle, like tried to find a, a place to sleep there. That actually originally didn't want me to sleep there. Like, okay, I don't really have, I can't really go anywhere else. I like, um, yeah. eventually managed to get a room there. And the next morning I hitchhiked to to escort I tried to rent a car to go back to Peter Marisburg to fetch our bags to go to Bushman's Neck. I uh, didn't have a driver's license, I had to try and get a, a temporary license, which means going to the bank, going to the police to make a statement, all the while still in my running, running clothes, um, blood streaming from my nose from the, the altitude very interesting thing and then yeah and then yeah, picking up our gear and then on on our on our attempt we kept on talking about um what we wanted to eat when we when we finished so I bought everything like I bought the Steady stumpies and the, the whipped cream <laughs> the champagne and the beers and the steak. yeah so when Stefan and simon finished we we had a we were only people on the on the at, at the border post so we had like a massive celebratory uh, party for them there and just the three of us there in, the, in, the, in, the, in the parking lot. Yeah, logistics is a race to definitely make the logistics
0: easier. Aman, thanks so much, man. Thanks very much. I appreciate your time, man. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to know more about Mindful Runner, check us out at mindfulrunner.co.za. On Instagram, you can find us at Mindful Runner. In the meantime, enjoy your running, happy trails, and don't forget to subscribe.